Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I'm sorry for getting into bed with Pablo Flamin Escobar. I didn't know he was there. Emma. And I'm the dishpan hands to Emma's shop, Connor. So, what have we got going up this week, Emma? This week we have your usual roundup, your hero in Slapping Dan. But first, here's the jingle. Dun, 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 dun. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next... Rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope, Hope you enjoyed, enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. Guess who's back in the house? Heels click clacking about. It's Ash. And she thinks the Beals household is haunted. Because everyone's left. But who's making those banging noises? Well, I think you'll find it's Kathy because she hasn't left. <laughs> and she's come round the corner just in time to judge you. Yay, Kathy! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Kathy was really resonating with A20 this week because she immediately pointed out that Pete has done nothing for Lauren yes. or Louis. Yes, Kathy. Yes, you live, Queen. Yeah! You, <laughs> honestly, honestly, she's just doing it for me this week because I was just like, go on, Kathy. You just remind that little so-and-so that whilst he's messing on with this girl who was just previously in a relationship... He has a son over on an island somewhere battling for his life. <laughs> He's battling for his life. Honestly, Lauren's fallen. She can't She can't fight off the snakes anymore. It's just Louis with a stick battling the snakes <laughs> and the spiders. Can you imagine that? That poor Ben. He needs to, Pia needs to get up off his, his backside, get up off his backside and get to her phone quickly. I love it because Kathy's like, took her house to burn down for you to call her last time and then never again yes (laughs) no one cares like literally yes kathy stood there saying that but has she contacted lauren no one's contacted lauren how is lauren as you heard last week we're very concerned we are we're very concerned i love it's like you say like kathy's like that's my great grandson or whatever it is to her and um and it's like yeah but if it is, then why haven't you just put up some cash and told Lauren to come home? Yeah, no one's even invited Lauren home. She's just living in the dust and the ash of her, her <laughs> burnt out, burnt out ruin. Like, that's basically what's happened, isn't it? <laughs> well, Ollie, it looks like it's Black Widow's soup again tonight. Like... <laughs> I have visions of her trying to pick up some, like, bits of the house, but if she does, it all just... <laughs> Disintegrates. <laughs> it's all right. We'll turn it into a nice, a nice paste or something. <sighs> I just honestly, I live for like survivalist Lauren. Now, can you just imagine? I'd be like, right now, don't forget, win your bottles and bury them in the sun so that it purifies the water. <laughs> <laughs> Any leftover wood? She's making a little boat so she can try and get yeah. back. You know what, though? She did walk to New Zealand. So maybe, maybe, just a theory, she's walking back to Walford. But on the way, obviously, Max is also walking to New Zealand. They might meet halfway. True. True, they might. I think, like, I think the idea of Lauren just being stranded 
and like you know her and Ollie just uh, her and Ollie her, her and Ollie she's stolen Ollie now world class child that man like <laughs> why Max wanted Ollie, he wanted to switch to the background. <laughs> I just love it. Um, imagine if, like, it's just Lauren and Louis, they're just out there in the wilderness, they've got their little spears, and they're like, right, you distract the crocodile, and I'll get go for it's, like, it's Rhea. I just love that idea that, like, they're, like, working together to survive the, the climate, the the wilderness, everything. Whereas Pia's just being like, but Nan... I just need my ten-pound bucket money. <laughs> I just love this idea of wilderness, Lauren. I feel like there needs to be a spin-off for that. You know, like Red Water. Can we not have like a spin-off where it's completely insane and it's got Lauren starring in it? <laughs> I'm up for that. It's just like battle alligator, alligators or crocodiles, and like you know, like a cross between crocodile Dundee, Red Water, and East Enders. <laughs> but you never thought you'd hear that. I think it would be amazing. I think it would be amazing. The fact they're not blessing us with a spin-off of Lauren in the the ashes of... Of her existence. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just not fair. I just... I lived for that whole conversation with Cathy, though. It was just hysterical. Oh, I loved it. And then it. We, we cut from that, that wonderful scene of grandmother and grandson to Ash pretending she's not suspended... And Suki pretending she doesn't know that she's suspended. And also just before that, mm. Peter and Ash had a conversation because she's e- on about um she's on about a suspension and not wanting to tell Suki mm-hmm. who as we've just said knows. <laughs> yeah, and, Suki definitely knows. Well, Peter's she's on about um Louis and Peter's like, well, I do talk to him because my friend who picks up his kid puts me on the phone to Louie. Imagine if he's just putting on this, like, his kid. <laughs> pretend... Just some random. Oh, you. Pretend you're Louie. Now, Pia's paying a good chunk of money, right, from... from <laughs> he's paying us a good chunk of money, so you better just pretend you are Louie, okay? Tell him everything that Louie likes. Louie likes painting. He likes drawing. You, you'd love them. you love them. Tell him that now. <laughs> Like, you could just imagine, couldn't you? Also, how weird is this? Can I just say, a part of me is really, really deeply offended by Peter at this moment because, like, I was like, that's sick that you, you are going behind Lauren's back, the mother of your child and current total guardian and parent of that child, to get some random person, right, and he just goes and gets Louis and puts him on the phone. That's so sick. And then why? Why am I weird? Like, why does he go to all this extent? Oh, that's right, because it always ends up in an argument with Lauren. Well, maybe it's to do with the fact that you don't provide for your child and you flip and just gallivant around sleep with all these people. Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) Honestly, I swear to God, we'll get into this later. Swear to God, Suki was me this week. I feel like Suki emulated my rage towards Peter at the moment. Louis's age, you'd be getting picked up from school, so Lauren would be picking him up. So Lauren would then see the friend pass the phone over for the phone. Yeah, call. I'm not sure. I am not sure on the backstory on that. Um, it's very. There's a few few puzzles I think <laughs> over there, because you're right. Like that Ben is now like, it, it's gonna he's gonna be getting on in school now. He's gonna be you know at least in the first few years. Yeah, and 
she will be picking him up. Why would she be relying on this friend? Unless it is his new dad slash stepdad. Exactly. He's doing it. Oh, maybe we've just figured something out there. I think so. So Ash is getting letters sent home from work and Suki's not stupid. She's a, like, when you know what she's she's been up to, all the little schemes, the fact Ash thinks she can lie to her is ridiculous. Like, Suki's yeah. always going to find out and she's yeah, always going to do knows. something. Yeah, like... She's getting these letters home and Suki's thinking, well, hmm, why would they be sending letters and why have you not been at work? You know, the main one. I wouldn't put it past Suki to be one of those people who's like, how to open an envelope without opening an envelope? <laughs> you know, like breaking yeah. the seal, looking that up on Google. I don't know how Ash thinks people aren't going to be like, uh, knowing that she's not at work because she's <laughs> in the pub, a very public place. On the square. Yeah, she obviously has to pass, like, she has to pass Suki's work to get there. She's always, like, really local or sitting in the pub or something or sitting in the Albert. She's but never no, in no. scrubs. She's at work. I just love the idea that she thinks she's pulling off the greatest, like, lie ever. And I'm just like, Ash, everyone on this square knows you're not working. Everyone. You've just had, like, a sausage sandwich over in the calf, you know, with the pub again with Peter. Like... You're not working. Suki knows. Like Emma says, Suki is like the professional liar. You're never going to fool her. Then we had a, a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment when Peter and Ash were finally going to get down to it or whatever. And Suki walks in and Peter does that cover his breast moment again. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> when he put his top on the wrong way and... E. The label was taken out. <laughs> and she was like, uh, when he was like, I'm going to help her. I'm going to make sure she gets her job back. And she was like, you might want to turn your top the right way around then because I think that might not go down too well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Peter, like, stay out of this. You are going to make things worse. And Suki cannot believe that Ash would just throw her career away for a beal. Not just any Beale. Peter Beale. I mean, is it Peter Beale, though? Because I'm still, the verdict's still out. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not 100% still on that one. I loved it as well, because again, like this argument about, like, uh, you know, like obviously that and, and how Ash is kind of jeopardizing her career by being around with, uh, like, Peter and stuff, like messing on with him, and how, like, Ash is never really at work. And, you know, Suki's obviously trying to get Ash just to confess, but she doesn't. And then Ash is like, who made you a truancy officer? And I was like, excuse me, I think you'll find that was 820 when we tweeted out that. Suki oh, yes. Was a Years ago. Yes. <laughs> when Suki first came in and she was like, to little Lexi, she's like, shouldn't you be in school? <laughs> yes, we did. We said we were living for truancy her being officer, a, Suki. Yeah. yeah. We made yeah. up a whole thing about it. It was like a whole thing. And then it became a thing in our fan fiction. I was like, they've definitely been listening. <laughs> Yeah, because we were wanting her to go around, um, like, giving out fines and all sorts. Yes. Yeah, that would have been everything. Suki reveals a deeper layer to hers and Ash's relationship because for the first time, I think, in a long time, we see that most of her rage and anger towards Ash is more about disappointment and and kind of, like, 
her th- saying her daughter throw away her chances kind of thing. Chances that maybe Suki herself never had. Because Suki says that she's proud of Ash. So proud. And she won't have her throw it all away for a layabout. It was nice to see, like, because we know that they've got quite a, a difficult relationship, Ash and Suki. It was nice to see where Suki's anger towards ash comes from and actually that's yes. coming from how proud she is and like she yeah. doesn't say it enough but that's what she is and i think like she even says it again like another in the next episode or something she says that ash is their high achiever like and i know that's a lot of pressure to put on a person but like at the same time imagine it from suki's point of view and i think it was just nice to see that deep balayar of suki and the actress is fabulous by the way who plays that she really does convey uh, like that like she really does know how to convey both the hardened kind of rough around the edges matriarch but also this tender and insecure person who ultimately sees a lot of herself in ash and a lot of who she would have liked to be maybe that's what i like this week about both suki and lucas you actually saw two very different sides to them where normally they're criminals (laughs) but this week you were like on their side and i mean that's that's pretty that's testament to the actors themselves (laughs) never in my life i think i'll be like lucas the poor guy you know (laughs) yeah the same with suki like later on we'll get into it she has a moment yeah it's terrible what she's just said to you suki and it's like (laughs) oh wait she is also the mother who sent her son to jail Um, (laughs) yeah it's like that moment isn't it it's like yeah oh no that's oh bless her oh yeah she sent him to jail oh but oh i know it is and it's like it's like you say it's testament to the actors like they are fantastic um, at conveying these deeper, more human characters. Because I think that's what a lot of people don't understand with like the current kind of flow of these standards. They're actors, uh, the, the characters, sorry, that are in the, the soap itself are much more than just two-dimensional soap characters. You know, generally, like in the past, soap characters were kind of like one-dimensional villain, goody, like mother, things like that. We have these multifaceted individuals. They're not all bad. They're not all good. And that's because it's reflecting, obviously, the world. Like, the world's very complicated. People are complicated. And it's really, really good to see these actors um, who play, like, Suki and Lucas be able to convey that and be able to show that through these stories. It's really good. I've really enjoyed this week for them. Every villain is not just your average villain. I know you get, like, your odd drop-in villains, like Ellie and... um, uh, Danny Hardcastle and stuff like you get those drop-in villains, but like Sorry? the core characters. Did you just did you just say Danny Hardcastle? What what's wrong with that? Right, that's thing? it. I'm off, guys. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> it was lovely to do Emma the podcast. <laughs> really nice, but I'm I'm done. <laughs> She's off to Ibiza. <laughs> so it's it's really lovely to see Senna's flourishing at doing this. Back on track. Away from Suki's motherly parental talks, Ash has gone with Peter to sort her life out, to get her job back. And naturally, like everything in Peter's life, he screws it up. <laughs> you know, I don't understand about this. Is. Like, if 
I like say you were a doctor and I was Peter who had at the time looked like he had broken his neck and back yeah. and all sorts. I mean, he was literally like in a neck brace. Yeah. Right? How would he pick up the, the <laughs> syringe to inject himself? But also Ash works then. At no point did you go, no, Peter, you can't do that. You just yeah, went, here you that. go. I love that her defence was that he did it, not her. It's like, yeah, but you're a doctor and you were just like watching him do that. Do you have like, don't you like sweat and Hippocratic oath to do the harm? It's like, you know, do your best to care for people. Like, come on. You can't say that that's, well, Peter did it, so I washed my hands of it. Just own it, Ash. Just say you did it because you're a doctor, because it's, you know, within your training and you saw someone in pain. It's a lot better than saying, well, I watched as I handed him the syringe he, and he injected it himself. And you're thinking, right? Like, I know you're listening. I'm thinking, it can't possibly get worse than that. <laughs> the, the lie is so terrible that it can't possibly get worse than that. Oh, well, it's all right. P has decided to tell the truth and say that they're dating. <laughs> uh, okay. Great idea, Peter, because now nothing you say can be trusted. <laughs> I love that he chose there as well, because Sue's like, why didn't you just lie? And he's like, well, I thought telling the truth would be the right thing to do. I'm like, shut up, you were lying about taking the needle yourself. It's the way he's like, I hate liars. And now he's <laughs> always lying. But in yeah, certain moments, certain moments, no, no. The truth must come out. <laughs> truth will set you free. From your job and your entire career that you've worked years <laughs> And I loved it because when Ash originally came in and that like Suki and Peter were like loggerheads arguing yeah. and Ash sat down, I genuinely thought she, she was like, I've lost my job, I've lost my job. And then she was going to turn around and go, joking! And everyone would be <laughs> like, ah, ha, ha. except Suki probably wouldn't take it that well. Um, but Peter yeah. would just be like, yay! <laughs> Uh, but no, she um, she was still waiting. She actually was technically still waiting here. There was no final decision at this point. But it wasn't looking good. No, it wasn't looking good. And I love it because, like, Ash is like, you were right, Mum. He's ruined everything. I love how quickly she turned on Peter, her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> you were right. We should have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, well, Suki's just wandering the streets and Peter happens to see her and since Ash isn't returning any of his calls quite like Lauren and Louie um, he decides he's going to have to take matters into his own hand and run headlong into a car I don't know why he did that surely he saw the car coming he's like an accident prone person isn't he <laughs> like first he breaks his collarbone on like a plastic bag now he's like running into the path of an oncoming car well I think he had a plan I think he wanted to Go through the process again, and then <laughs> and show, <laughs> and then show exactly how he took the injection. Yeah, um, I do this all the time. I, He's I'm like, thinking, right, you know, because like at the hearing, the only could talk about it. He's like, right, guys, I'll throw myself in front of a car. We'll have a real life example. You can see me pick up that syringe with a broken neck. We could do yeah, this. Recreation. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone stood round watching him as he and Ash was over there, weren't you? Weren't you, babe? Huh? <laughs> yeah, she wasn't looking. She wasn't looking. She turned round. Uh, 
Well, his near-fatal experience lands him directly in the path of Suki, and she can no longer refute him. She can no longer deny his existence as best she had tried. I have to say, she did a good job. She's doing a very good job. I loved Um, it. You know when you see someone like... Uh, you don't really want to be chatting to and you're like oh, trying yeah. to avoid all eye contact. Yeah, yeah. She done a fantastic job with that. We've, we've all been there. We've all had to do that. All the, had to do it. Pretend you didn't see. Pretend you didn't see. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no Connor here. No Emma here. <laughs> I'm going to call it doing a Suki. I'm like, yeah, no. I think I think that's what we should rename that. Yeah. The Suki. The Suki. Do you even give a Suki? That's what they should call that. <gasps> I like that. Yeah, we didn't give a Suki. And can I just say, Suki did a Kathy again and just channeled, channeled us. I feel like she did like Denny Akura powers on work. I feel like she was like channeling mine and Emma's voices because she just turns around to Peter and she's like, listen, you've done enough. You've done enough problems. You've, you've caused enough chaos, Peter. She was like, you're nothing more than a useless plaything, pathetic man child. And I was just like, Oh, she says the nicest things, doesn't she? <laughs> oh. I mean, to be fair, they're tra- more terrible than the things that I've called them. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> what about putting that into a Valentine's card? I think Caleb could probably sort that out for her. That was really nice. Oh, yeah. Oh. Be like, roses are red. The sky is mild. I love you, you useless man child. <laughs> <laughs> honest to god i was just like how dare you come for Suki like that pierre who are you richard you want to parent it you don't even parent i love that you're um, like she may send her kids to prison for things they haven't done but true. you peter <laughs> you pierre at least she's flipping you know clothed those kids and flipping fed them for years the, the least they could do was go to jail for her once. <laughs> Peter, where's your kid? He's going to grow up hating you because you're never there. Like, he's going to be like the next Stephen. And Suki, the proud parent she is, she's decided the only way to get Ash's job back is to go and threaten the staff. Yeah. And she does lovely, just that. The lovely Mrs. Rankin. That wasn't the I, same woman, was it? That sure it wasn't. No. <laughs> who, who was that woman? Who was that woman who fired Ash? Like, where did she get all that authority from? See, I think she had some vendetta against Ash for ages, and she I just walked so, in yeah. and was like, "Right, that's it. I'm going to lie, and I'm going to tell her she's out of here, and I'm going to start a nasty rumor." <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what happened. I think she was like, "She stole my flipping lunch the other day, and I now I'm not set for this. That was a Greg's pasta." Greg's pasta pot and she took that I was looking forward to that and she took it so I'm going to get my revenge <laughs> I'm going to take her job from her I would just I love that I hope it is something petty like that <laughs> but like you're right like where was that woman the accuser surely she should have been involved yeah <laughs> no because apparently nah. she saw it all yeah apparently not <laughs> See, Asuki goes and has a lovely word with the lovely Miss Rankin. I loved when she kept going on that as well. I was just like, oh, she's so sweet, isn't she? And then Ash 
just sitting there blissfully unaware when she gets a phone call in the Vic. She's got a job back. A career's back on track, as if by a miracle. I know, and I love that Peter was just like so excited that he was like, yes! He called, but he was like, drinks are on me! I'm like, steady love. <laughs> and I loved it because he's then like took off all responsibility at this point and went, well, that's fine now. She's got a job. And yeah, that's, I think we can all be, all get over this. We'll all be friends. <laughs> he never, like, he never learns, does he? Like, that's the thing with Pierre at the minute. He just like kind of flits from one disaster to another and never quite absorbs the, <laughs> the damage that he has done. Jay and Lola absolutely were destroyed by, by his interventions. Like, same with, like, Ashton Ikra. He is the one who basically started their fracturing and breaking them up. So to then have him do that again, where, like, Ash has just, just gotten her job back, and it's got nothing to do with Peter's flipping word of mouth or whatever it was that he flipping was, you know, going on. It's got nothing to do with him, and yet he's suddenly exonerated himself. He's like... Oh, that's a good one. Right, everyone, back to mine for drinks. <laughs> it's like, no, Pierre, you almost cost Ash her entire, like, career. But what annoys me more, isn't that Pierre? Isn't that Pierre just ignores the fact that, of his actions, and, like, ignores what he could have caused? It's that Ash then just flits over to him and is, like, he, like a moth around fire again. She's like, oh, I love you. I just love you, Pierre. Yeah, you're right. We'll never fall out again. Just like, yes, he was saying that your man was right about being a lazy layabout who flipping screws your life up. Make your mind up, love. Oh, that's a lot to ask there. You know the story. (laughs) She loves her family, she hates her family. She loves her family, she hates her family. She loves her boyfriend, she hates her boyfriend. She loves her boyfriend, she hates her boyfriend. (laughs) Okay. I can't believe what happens next. Suki goes over to be like, do you think it's really wise to just be like, all is forgiven with Pia when he almost cost you your entire career? Which, to be fair. fair, is a fair thing to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like me and Emma have just said, that's kind of our mentality as well. Why is Peter so celebratory? Why is Ash willing to celebrate with him? Seems odd. Well, Ash doesn't like that. So she starts, you know, calling her jealous and things and being nasty. And Suki reveals that the only reason that Ash got her job back was because of her. She goes from... You know, hearing her mom say, well, I've just gotten your job back for you, the job she so loved, and instantly it's like, you're just hateful, you're spiteful, you're a jealous, horrible old thing, you just want to ruin everyone's lives. And she's like, I love my kids. She's like, tell them the jugs. And it's like, Jesus, is like one insult after another. Then she's like, then she's like, you're jealous because you know deep down you're nothing. You're no one with your dishpan hands and your corner shops. How like, awful was Jesus. that? That, that was, was like so bad. That was so bad. That was such a horrible thing to say. It was so low. And I think uh-huh. also it says a lot about Ash's own social like yes. kind of beliefs. Because to be like that towards your own mother, who's clearly worked hard her entire life. And she says probably the most degrading and like classless thing to say is if that somehow demeans mm-hmm. Suki's worth as a person. This this woman is putting food on the table, earning money. She even owns that that business. Yes. 
And I'm Ash, sorry. Ash has the audacity to bring her down. She is paying for the house you are living in. <laughs> yes, the roof over your head is literally being paid for by her. Live your life. Do what you want to do. Just yeah. be happy. And if that's what's making you happy, do it. As long as you're looking after those who you need to look after, yeah. looking after yourself and enjoying like life, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. I think this, and this is where we got to see another side to Suki. And yeah, um, she she left and she was crying, and that's when we we really felt for Suki. Yeah, I definitely did. I thought she didn't deserve thought, what Ash said. That no, no one, no one deserves that. That's that's just such an awful thing to to say. Like, who yeah. are you to judge how someone lives their life? At the end of the day, we all do what makes us happy or what we need to yeah. do. Like. Exactly. And it's Suki's lifestyle that's given Ash her wonderful career. Yeah. Where would Ash have been without Suki? Like, she wouldn't have even had this job back. She would have been suspended. Like, yes, okay, Suki did some underhanded things to get that job, but let's not be ungrateful about it. Like, let's remember who got you that that job back, who also made sure that you went to school, got you, you know, you were fed, clothed, you had a safe place to, uh, to live, you had a roof over your head. I'm sorry. It was job shaming. It was shocking. And it just, to say the things that she did, she went for things that she knew would really hurt Suki. And I think that's like, that was vindictive to, mm. a, to a degree that it didn't need to be. And you know what? We've always wondered why Ash and Suki didn't get along. And we've always been led to believe Ash was in the right. Yes. But I tell you what, I can understand why Suki doesn't like her, you know. So do I. Like, I was like, <laughs> that would make sense when she said she's going to tell Ash, Ash's kids what she's really like. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Like, I'm with Suki now. I feel like the, the universe has finally, like, revealed the truth. Suki's the innocent party here. <laughs> Free Suki. Free Suki. I mean, she's, she's in this, no one's innocent, obviously. It's just so, but, like, it's just... It was outrageous. I'm in shock still. Gavin's dead. So happy. He's definitely not one of our fallen hunks, is he, Emma? No. You might be thinking, Gavin? Who's Gavin? Well, we'll take you back. All that music. And wow. Gavin was a man. (laughs) There was a man and his name was Gavin. (laughs) He lived above a tavern. (laughs) He stole away Kathy and ran a cafe. Never to be seen again. <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, Gavin was Sharon's biological dad. He was the guy who decided to tell us that he was the first to say, hello, princess. But I like to erase that from my memory and pretend that was never said and it was always just Den. So Gavin and Den knew each other. Gavin gave Sharon to Den. Den was always her dad. Den had princess Dan had like you know certain things that you just can't touch and then like Gavin was coming up and he was like hello princess like yes I'm your real dad like 
but Gavin, who are you? Where have you been for all these years? You can't just rock up and decide to take all of that history from us. And Gavin was not only Sharon's dad, he was also the man that kept Kathy away from the square pretending to be dead for several years. Such a complicated plot. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, right? So prepare yourselves, guys. This trip down memory lane takes a strange turn. Yes, as Emma said, Kathy somehow managed to meet up with Sharon's real dad, who had given Sharon up to Dan. Um, and Kathy then decides she's going to run off with Gavin with Ben. Ben occasionally has lovely fishing trips with Gavin, but overall, <laughs> Gavin hates him. So he tells Kathy to fake her death, and then they're going to ditch Ben. Yeah, odd, odd series of events there, isn't it, guys? <laughs> and then the the 2000s roll in, and, well, he's starting to get those ideas. He's starting to think, maybe I should go back and see my daughter. So decades and decades later, he does. He comes and sees Sharon. He says the infamous line, hello, princess, that doesn't belong to him, and I won't. I will not moved on that belief and that's where this whole tale took an even weirder turn because Kathy was no longer with him was actually trying to escape him hiding out pretending <laughs> that she was dead but Phil sort of knew that she wasn't and was giving her cash and helping her and and then Ben found out and then Ian found out and then Gavin came back onto the square the Gavin was after Sharon but also after Kathy it's all very complicated Emma and they had this whole massive chase a whole running around this massive building yeah. do you remember that <laughs> It was like I did not understand why he murdered that woman. Like out of nowhere, he just killed that woman. The whole jump out the window and yes, there was helicopters. There was just a lot going on. He just wanted to murder these people. He just wanted to murder Kathy, murder his other ex or current girlfriend or whatever she was. Ex, yeah, wanted to kill her too. Um, Sharon may be on the cards as well, but not maybe not. Hadn't quite decided. Then they get together. Then he sort of decides he's not going to hand himself in when Sharon says that she'll forgive him if he does. He's just going to run off into the sunset. That scene, I'll never forget that scene in the big mansion. The he country goes, man, manor no. house. They're all running around hiding behind <laughs> curtains and stuff. <laughs> 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 he's going around with a the, the candlestick. I think like he's going to murder them. <laughs> it's like a game, a game of Cluedo. <laughs> I know it was. It was like Clue, wasn't it? Yeah, he thought sing It was Gavin with a candlestick in the, in <laughs> in the, the library. library. <laughs> I know I'm above my library. <laughs> oh, the hive mind loves Gavin and his candlestick. Oh, it was like a little game of cat and mouse. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just Kathy's coming. It's just like, who is this man? He's like seventy. You shouldn't be this afraid of him. <laughs> I don't know how he could run so fast. I know. Yeah. This most sprightly looking elderly man I've ever seen. Present <laughs> Keila. Why well, the way he was running around that day at my house? He was going from East Street to West. Seventy like, hey. was my nan. 70 was Gavin. I hope I'm a sprightly 70. <laughs> I really love the thought of Sharon not being able to run away from this elderly man. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, God, love it. Did I go and see if it's done? Yeah, get that scene on. Me, I need to watch. Get that fire door exit open. <laughs> We're off. 
Where off? Gavin Eastenders. It will literally be the first video, I guarantee it. Yes. It is. Yeah, we'll go. He likes these blondes. Kathy's running, yet he's so close behind her and he's just... <laughs> yeah, he's been walking. He's been walking with his slip-on shoes. <laughs> Kathy! 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 <laughs> Oops. No Kathy's broke something. arriving this is Sharon oh yeah because this is when she hits the car eee, look it's Buster who eee, Kathy Buster. had an affair with and no, Shirley still doesn't know
Whatever Gavin tells him to do, Danny does it. Oh! <laughs> Did Danny do that? <laughs> Did Danny push that woman Imagine. off the balcony? <laughs> yeah, see, like, do we ever find out if he did it? If he threw her off there or if she just fell? I don't know, actually. We have playing hide and seek, isn't it? Like, chucking yourself into a car to escape him. I can't be found! As you said, it was Denny, whatever Gavin asks him to do, he does. Whatever Gavin asks him to do, he did it. So, back to the present day. Gavin has been dead a few weeks, but we've already found out. I love that. He's probably been rotten for ages. And I just like, well, you know, he died about two years ago, but we thought we'd best tell you now. Well, he's dead and he's about to get buried. So, Kathy suddenly feels terrible. This man who controlled and abused her for all these years... This man who made her fake her death and scared her so much that she hid around curtains and was locking doors in a manor house. She misses him. <laughs> Be- because he wasn't all bad. There were good times. There were good times. There was that, um, oh God, there was that, that, no. What about, oh God, no. Uh, no, I, I don't remember any of those times. Yeah, no, me neither. There was just horror. Just horror and fear. And yet, Kathy's moved by his death. So much so that she tells Ben, who probably can't even remember Gavin that much, yet somehow was old enough to remember fishing trips. Because Ben was very young when he came to the square. Oh, very, Which is yeah. obviously, like, when he came back to the square, which is obviously um, because of Kathy's faked death. So it makes you wonder, when were these fishing trips? How young was Ben? When he was going on these fishing trips. Was Should he, he have baby? been? Should he have actually been on the fishing yeah. trips? <laughs> was he being used as the lure? Like, was he just dangling Ben? Gonna catch me again. Like, it was so weird that Ben was like, oh yeah, he kind of died. So if you want to invite your dad to the funeral, Callum, I would understand that. To the, to the funeral. If you, would, <laughs> if you want, to, want you, you know, if you want this man who's never seen Gavin before to come to yeah, the funeral, you, to the funeral, you know. Funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he just goes, tell him, you know, sometimes people are complicated. So invite your homophobic dad to the wedding because my evil, manipulative, emotionally blackmailing and terrifying stepfather has just recently died. And I miss him. Kathy was, was still moved. Kathy needed to tell tell Sharon that the dad that she doesn't really think of as her dad has died. The dad who never bothered with her for years and then turned up and caused chaos in her life. And Sharon is absolutely thrilled and hopes he rots in hell and she'll <laughs> dance on his grave. I love it. Do you have a message for, for us to, to pass on? Rot in hell. <laughs> <laughs> that was so sweet. I would hope that she would like you know, get together with Danny Akura and be like, Danny, uh, it's really important. My dad's died um, and I just want to get a message to him. And Danny's like, oh, oh all right, Sharon, I'll try my best. Try my best. Yes, there's a man here, Sharon, there's a man here. And uh, he says, he says, hello, princess. And then she just turns around and goes, well, I've got one thing to say to him, Danny. What hell? <laughs> Everyone would like a day out at the moment. So... Kathy and Sharon are, as we're going to call her now, the Shazmanian devil, as Kim would say. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. they fancy a day out and a free buffet. So they're off to the funeral. Yeah, I mean, me and Emma used to do that all the time as well. <laughs> when we would get bored, we would be like, what should we do? Should we Tell you what, let's go to a funeral. They put on some nosh and they never really ask who's there. <laughs> Come on, let's get with Salas away, love. Get your nice get your nice funeral gear on. Go on, get your new hat. I love that they both stood in the corner of this wake and just yeah. bitched about everyone there. I love that. And I also love when Kathy was then reminiscing as well. She was like, Yeah, there were there were the good old days. You know, there were some good times. You had a way of getting under your skin. And Trevor's like, like scabies. <laughs> It's the way someone came up as well and said, it's a, a sad occasion. And Sharon was like, careful, trade descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> she was just giving out all the lines this week. Oh, she was. It was lovely to see Sharon, like, in her element again. Very interesting that her and Kathy were kind of this, like, frenemies group. Like, because to me, Kathy for the last, like, few months has basically hated Sharon. And yet now... <laughs> It's suddenly okay with her. And also, Sharon was like going on about her dead son. And Kathy's like, but what about my son? Where is he? She's like, well, I don't know. He <laughs> left. I've just told you that I've not poisoned him. That, you know, I got close to it, almost did so, but didn't. And that should be scoffed at, guys. I already had the judgments come Sharon's way. She didn't finish him off. And that should be scoffed at. <laughs> That's the main thing. Only attempted to poison him. I do love how they got over it all, though. They were like... At each yeah. other's throats and they're like, well, you know what? I didn't manage to finish the job and, well, Gavin, who we both hate, it's dead. And they have that little chat and like, okay, so way over it now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, buried the hatchet very quickly. Fab. Buried it with Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see this new guy. Very oh, attractive as well. <laughs> very attractive. Tall. Dark, handsome, just how me and Emma like him. <laughs> Hopefully not homicidal in any way as well, because me and Emma are still having to work out for debt. And, oh, oh, God, sorry, my phone's gone. Oh, no. Hello? You're in jail, and you've you've just... And you've just heard that I didn't take the drugs, so I'd be there. Yeah, I'm sorry, Caleb, but this isn't your section, love. You'll have to come back later. <laughs> Bless him. Always says nicest things. He does. He wrote me a poem recently as well. Did he? Yeah. Oh. It's all about taking drugs to Ibiza though, so I don't know if it might have been a hint. Oh, yeah. It keeps on going, I mean, to get that done as well. And you just think, I haven't got the time. I've got funerals to be going to. Actually, me and you have been invited to one. Gavin. Remember good old Gavin? Oh, Gavin. You know, last time I saw him, Yeah. I was hiding behind a curtain in a mansion and we're playing hide oh. and seek. Yeah, he used to love that game, didn't he? That was his favourite game. It's, it's it's just like he had this way of getting under your skin like scabies, didn't he? You know what, though? I was in that mansion for ages because he never found us. <laughs> I thought You're was... still there now. That's where you're podcasting from. <laughs> Don't tell him. He might be dying about his death. He's done it before. It's, he's playing the long game, isn't he? He's going to come come out from behind the curtain now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this tall, beautiful man decides he's going to give a wonderful, wonderful speech. And <clears throat> just prepare my voice for this. He was a wonderful father, a fantastic husband to Kathy, 
And a big time roll up by Hall. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, the real speech. The real speech now. That was just a joke about the real speech. And here is Aideen featuring Gavin's ghost <laughs> to do a song. Of all these things that I have seen. Oh, <laughs> <All> good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You know what? And this is in the back. You know what should have happened when they said, Gavin's dead. Very David's dead there. Yeah. <laughs> should have got someone going, oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Agnes turns up just for that moment. <laughs> I loved it because the kid just sells this. I say kid, he looks older than me. Like, was he was a, he was more twisted than a, corkscrew if he was any more barking he we could have ended him in a crufts <laughs> and most importantly he was the scumbag of all scumbags Aww. and I, I just think that's such a beautiful ode to Gavin isn't it such a beautiful beautiful and and actually it was odd the reaction that it got I was expecting everyone to be cheering and saying up your hole with a big jam roll <laughs> but nah they mustn't do it there no this handsome new stranger just a runner. It is what Gavin loves best. He plays a game of hide and seek, doesn't he? He does. You can tell that he's dun dun dun. Gavin's son. But you know what? He he done a great runner. Couldn't be found. Yeah. They're all still looking for him. They're smashing up his car. Two questions. How did he get into Kathy's car? <laughs> and how did he drive away in a car that they smashed to? Pizzas. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, to answer your first question, Emma, I think Thank this is a case of um, Sharon. I think she did what she does all the time. She leaves all the doors open, doesn't she? Yes. We talked about this the other week. We talked about how she left all the doors open in the Vic. She did it in Kathy's car. That's how we got in. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, as for the car driving away, your second question, have no idea. Because like you say, they smashed it up good and proper. Like, he wouldn't have been able to look in his mirrors or anything. Nah, but this all provided a distraction so that Sharon could do what her dad would have wanted her to do. Pull off the greatest heist of the century and stole his ashes. And it's a binsome. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that that's Sharon's way of saying she's been in that storyline. Yes. It's time for the longest drug deal of all time to finally take place. <gasps> it's coming to an end, Emma, and I'm not ready. It's like when you know you knew that you were getting the final Lord of the Rings and you were like, I'm not ready to say goodbye to Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same. I'm not ready to say goodbye to Lucas and Caleb and this drug heist that just seemed to go on forever and ever. I'm going to miss it, Emma. I'm going to... Oh, sorry. Just going to answer this oh, yeah okay hi babe oh yeah you're on the right one now yes yes it's caleb it's caleb oh, he's just you're right oh. yeah he's fine he's doing fine he's got his own cell to himself right he's thoroughly enjoying his life uh behind bars he's got himself another boyfriend and i don't mind you know you know me i don't i don't mind sharing emma don't mind uh he- hello oh you've heard the podcast and you're not impressed 
You wanted the drugs to be taken. I've been, well, I'm sorry, Caleb. I've been busy. Me and Emma have had to go to a funeral of a dearly departed friend. And Emma was afraid that if she went, it would ruin our hide and seek. So we had to spend a few hours just trying to convince Emma to come out from hiding. Because she, she was convinced that Gavin was just pulling a fast one. Oh, all right. Okay. He says, um, he says we're off his Valentine's court list. No. No. I'm so sorry. Police, police will do anything. Don't we'll do, do anything. Don't do that, please. He says if we want to make it up to him, we'll have to take drugs to Ibiza. All right. Okay, fine. That's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll sort that out for you. We'll sort that out for you. Right, bye. Tell you what. Because Lucas goes out because they can't find him again because he's doing that thing yeah. where he's he's just he's not really sure about this whole drug deal business. And uh, after a chat with Denise, he, he's very much on board and off he goes. But what, I wouldn't let any property from Jack because Caleb not only found out where Lucas lived and let himself, he let himself in. Yeah, yeah I love that bit where Chelsea comes back from a chat with her. Uh... With, with her mum, and she's just saying, like, Caleb, what are you doing here? It's like... Good question. Are you, yeah, like, why is he in this house? How is he in this house is the question. <laughs> How does he keep getting in here? And they're just taking, right, two hand luggage suitcases, <laughs> like, hand luggage-sized suitcases, two Ibiza. Chelsea shoved the drugs on top, so when they open them, <laughs> there they are. Yeah, they're right there. I love it. <laughs> she puts it away, put like your lotions and stuff, doesn't she? She puts the two extras because <laughs> Caleb's got a few extras. He's always doing this, isn't he? He's always being like, okay, just take one more for us. Promise I'll get you a margarita when you're out there. And can I just say, they're stood there chatting for ages. Like, <laughs> they are yeah, holding no, up that. They are holding up that queue, right? And. When one of them goes through, why is only one of them getting pulled aside? I'll be like, hang on, they're both together and they've just swapped yeah. those cases over. Uh, yeah. Both of you in for questioning. There's something suspicious here. Yeah, no more questions that. There's like, what, seven staff there and only one works for Caleb. Yet no one, no one questions that they're like having clearly a discussion and then swapping suitcases <laughs> round. <laughs> in an airport. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love the whole thing because it just gave me, like, I was getting, like, triggered by it, you know, by that whole scene. I was like, oh, those scatters, you always feel feel nervous going through them. Even though you've got nothing on you, you're fine. Yeah, you always get nervous, don't yeah, you? Yeah, no matter what. I don't want to be... If Chelsea and Lucas were in front of me, I would be like, can you hurry up? I would be livid if I was behind them. And I, I just don't believe Chelsea for one second because she's not even nervous whatsoever. She waltzes through there. Slightly nervous of her eyes. Her eyes are a bit nervous. But other than that, she walks straight through, picks her bag up, or goes to. They're like, we just need to search through your bag. That's, that's where the nerves... Nervous. Yeah, that's the nerves kicking in. And she's like, oh, oh no, what if they open it up and find that I've brought all this food through? You know, like all those... I love those... Oh, airport, I love airport that airport show. Shows. <laughs> where they're like, and is there anything in here that there shouldn't be? No, no, there's nothing. They open a bag and there's just like cans and cans and, and bags of fruit and flipping, you know, like collection of all these like leaf cuttings and things. <laughs> they know they shouldn't have brought any of this, but also why are they bringing some of this stuff in? And also I'm Chase, so... yes, I love that. <laughs> We've brought some seeds. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you need that? They've brought a lemon tree, they've brought some... Um, <laughs> 
They've brought like <laughs> some some fruit from their favourite orchard. They've got some uh, <laughs> the doodle. Uh, they do honestly. It's crazy. So I can definitely understand why Chelsea's a little bit nervous, but she had no reason to be because there's nothing in her bag other than lotion. Wrong amount. <gasps> she was oh over the limit. It literally has signs everywhere when you get to the airport. Yeah, yeah, but we all know them. We all know them, the little plastic water bottle signs and stuff. They're everywhere. How did she go past all of them and not go, oh, actually? Better take that lotion out. And also half the stuff she didn't take out of her bag. She just went, the bag went through. She should have took some of that stuff out and put it in the little holder thing. Yeah, some of the things you have to, yeah. Any electricals, any phone. We didn't see her put that down. Nope, she could have a phone on her. We would never know. She suddenly realises, well, that's odd, that I'm only getting collared on this lotion when I've got about £40 million worth of, you know, heroin on us. Well, she doesn't. Because Lucas has done a proper double whammy switcheroo, hasn't he? He's done a double bluff. He made her switch suitcases. She thought she had the drugs and she was going to get in trouble no he'd swapped the drugs out of her that suitcase that she'd put them into and put it in hers and then he swapped them round <laughs> it was just a lot <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot of sleight of hand he could have been a magician in another life if he wasn't a murderer obviously also can I just say loved that Caleb had a guy there on his payroll and he was so obviously on a payroll because he was going come through now come on through now it's alright come through now <laughs> You'll be fine. You're not going to get searched. Come on through now. And then when he was told that it's his break, he was like, oh, God, sugar, I was meant to get these people through, man. Just give us five minutes. I was just like, how is no one, no one noticed that he's acting suspicious as well? Those two just (laughs) chatting. If maybe they hurried themselves up, they would have got through and he wouldn't have had to go. Imagine if Lucas's whole plan had just failed because they got through. (laughs) 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 Just say, all right, Dad, come on then. And just like takes both suitcases along. (laughs) 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 Yes, plan doesn't work. (laughs) That's right. Lucas had a plan all along, and it was to get that international drug ring caught. And they all did, apart from one member, you know, (laughs) the main one. The most important one. (laughs) The one who will actually cause trouble. Um, Yes. Everyone gets raided, everyone gets arrested because Jack and Kale, uh, Jack and Lucas have worked together to bring down Caleb. And Jack's suspended so what, though. Yes, I know honestly, Emma. <laughs> Emma. This corrupt copper gig, like it, it just lets him do whatever he wants, doesn't it? He's basically is like, I'm kind of sort of in the police, but not in the police. I can sort of authorise raids, but uh, I can't tell them to arrest Caleb. And Caleb's on the loose. And Chelsea's rightfully concerned. She's like, oh my God, he's going to kill us all. And Jack's like, no, no, don't worry. I'll sort this. Oh, no. (laughs) Forgive us if we are not sold on that, Jack. (laughs) Forgive us. Remember the last few times Jack said that he's going to deal with the issue and it never goes down well. No, no. And I mean... Jack's whole plan as well sort of involved another person that I feel like it might be the last time we'll see him, so I'm going to talk about him. I think it might be, you know, I think it might be his last appearance. Because masterminding this whole operation was Pastor Lawrence. 
I know who would have thought he's a, the mastermind. <gasps> it, it clearly, clearly, all of Lucas's like, um, you know, like all of Caleb's criminal like employees, they clearly all go to confession to Master Lo- uh, to <laughs> Master Lawrence. <laughs> 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 they're an S&M club <laughs> that's what Connor calls him in his private time <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call him <laughs> yes Pastor Lawrence clearly has all the info on them because it's what Jack somehow used to take down the entire drug ring which is an international drug ring I don't know how he managed that how did he um, get all that info in that? and for that, that many people in the international drug ring that was a very small file yes it was like wafer thin. Yeah, it's all you'll need. It's just one sheet on Caleb. It's awful. It's um, like one piece of paper. But I also thought that how did Caleb get away if they got everyone else? Yeah. Don't worry though. Despite Jack feeling once, twice, and now the third time, he's going to sort this. Turns out he's not going to sort this. Chelsea's going to sort this. And she does it by luring Caleb into a trap. And then Jack calls his friends when Chelsea could have just called the police anyway because well Jack's no longer in the police so actually all he's done is done what everyone could have done which is pick up a phone and report a crime (laughs) you know what I loved when Caleb was on the loose and he was trying to hide from the police and keep a low profile that he decided to walk around the square and go to the places the foxes live yeah as if the police wouldn't be looking for him around there I also love the police were like don't worry, he'll turn up eventually. Turn up eventually? He's a fucking crazy drug lord. Like, he'll come after them. He'll murder all of them. And he's like, no, don't worry, Jack. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll just be pottering around, man. Just be getting his bits and bobs from little. We've got all his employees, so he's not going to be getting up to no trouble right now. He'll just get new ones. <laughs> he'll just get new ones. You've got to get rid of the people at the top, love. As Emma said, Kayla's keeping a low profile, but... He's come back just just to see Chelsea because Chelsea's lured him into this trap and he's made it sure, made sure to tell her. He should have left her in that gutter where he found her. He raised her up and it makes it sound like maybe Chelsea was in a, it wasn't kind of like love at first sight across the dance floor, but actually that she was very much deep in drugs at that point again and maybe in a kind of drug den sort of squalid situation and Caleb found her and brought her like out of kind of like that drug addiction and and out of that lifestyle. It's very interesting. I'm kind of sad that we're never going to find out what went on there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I found weird that if he was hiding from the police and didn't want to be caught, why would you go meet Chelsea in the, the middle of like the square? For one last evil villainous act. That's <laughs> why, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Damn the consequences. And I actually felt for Lucas because obviously he's done this to protect Chelsea. Um, He's pretty much helped the police here get an international drug ring. But he has to go to prison too. Yeah, he's got to do his time now. Got to finish that time off that he didn't do previously. (laughs) What's that, like three life sentences? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he'll be out in no time. (laughs) I think, yeah, it's again, it's like what we said last week. It's... You felt sorry for Lucas, especially when, yeah. um, like they were all ganging up on him in prison because he was now in the same prison as all of Caleb's men, and like you just really felt for him, like he was doing this to protect his family and f- actually like doing something good for and a it, change. And 
And you just really felt for with the way he's played. It's just so good. Yeah. I think the actor as well clearly understands like Lucas to like a, a much deeper level than us, like and yeah. like viewers. Um, but I would say that like the actor has managed to portray Lucas as this really truly redemptive person. Because yes, he can never take back. He's acknowledged that he can never take back what he's you know done. Like he can never yeah. return the lives he's taken. But this is a man who's willing to sacrifice his own life um, and his own safety and security for Denise to have a happy life with Jack, for Denise and Raymond to to live happily ever after, and for Chelsea to finally start living again, like living properly and, and enjoying her life and being happy rather than always being on the run or being afraid or in in a dark place. And he saved her and all of the family, but he also saved her in a different way, saved her from going down a road that there would be no coming back from. And it was like really redemptive. And it was like, yeah. it's really impressive that like we came into this, like obviously thinking, God, the worst of Lucas, like we we know what he's done. We we can't forget what he's done. He's murdered people and he killed that dog and I'll never forgive him for that. But, but to say that he hasn't done a, a good thing and a noble thing would be, disservice to the the character and to the actor because he has and I thought that final scene between Chelsea and Lucas was so beautiful like beautifully shot and and Lucas's like lines like the way that the actor was conveying them as well was just fantastic like when he said that he wanted Chelsea to go through all this he had that she had to go through all this to remember who she is to remember how to feel guilt to feel um shame and fear because those are all things that good people feel. Because bad people, really bad people, they've forgotten how to feel those things or they don't feel those things as we do. And that was such a, a really in-depth and poignant statement from Lucas. And I was like, wow. And then when he said that bit where he then goes from like obviously being very articulate to then being really that caring father when he's like, I just wanted to give you a shot and a chance and to for you to go out there and be magnificent and be my angel. And I was just like, oh, Lucas, we're going to miss you. I don't want Lucas to go. I really like Lucas and I like seeing all the layers to his character and how he's developed. Yeah. It is just great that this man, like what his character was to what he is now, but it's not like he's just changed. It's yeah, like, it's not unrealistic. No, it's like you've seen him change and you've went through the journey with him. This was actually one of the best endings for him because we've obviously had a few different like endings for Lucas's character. He's been on he's been on screen and then left like a few times, but like the other two times that are vivid in my memory don't stand out the way that this one does. This one does feel like a real, true, final goodbye to Lucas. Um, and. Although he doesn't necessarily, what, what I would think, deserve a Julia's theme, because that's obviously reserved to for people who have who have been on the square for, for decades. I do think that he deserved that moment where you really did feel for him. He deserved that, like, final goodbye with Chelsea and for us to just feel like we feel like we're closing a chapter on that whole saga it was amazing it was a really beautiful moment and 
it's like Emma says, like you don't expect to come into the Lucas storyline thinking that it's going to end with a beautiful moment, dear. You? you come in with thinking, well, he's probably going to murder someone. Like, <laughs> we came in there thinking he was going to kill Ruby. Like, yeah, we did actually. Do you remember? We were theorizing at the beginning. We're like, who's going to murder? It's like, it turns out actually he has turned a page. He's proven everyone wrong. This week's slapping Dan goes to Ash. I mean, she made Suki cry. That means she's bad. Yeah, she's got it. that's evil. That's evil, Emma. Our hero this week is Lucas. Because he saved Chelsea. He's stepped up. He's looked after Denise and the family. And he's managed to imprison an international drug ring. And, well, he's kind of completing that sentence he didn't complete in the first place. (laughs) Exactly. As Lucas was our hero of the week, we will be rating out of Lucas's. And we are going to give this week four Lucas's. I mean, it has to be four, doesn't it, Emma? Because we have had a roller coaster week. A roller coaster week. We've had everything from... The bizarreness of Gavin's funeral and everyone's strange sadness around it because, well, his son said it best. He's a scumbag. Um, and then we also had the crazy ride that was the drug deal of the century ending. And it ended in such a great way. And then, obviously, we had all the other highlights, the some that we didn't touch upon, things like Kim's uh, fox catcher night. That was God, fabulous. Loved all the Kim and Sharon scenes. That was funny. Yeah. They brought some um, nice light to it. Yes. Even like the Sharon and Kathy uh, ones and the new brothers, new brother Zach. Um, yeah. They were great at the funeral. That brought lots of light. And then all the Lucas things, as I said, and I thought I would be like, as much as I've always loved, yeah. I've always loved Lucas as a character. Yes, as like, a character, as a villain. We all like a villain. Nothing, like, nothing. Nothing's changed there. Yeah. But I never thought I'd be like so emotional. Sympathetic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? Speaking of that, like that is something else that happened this week. We got to have a bit more understanding of who Suki is. We got to have a bit more sympathy for her. And we saw that she wasn't just this like one dimensional villain. She's complex. She's complicated. And she does have a heart. She is not a woman of stone. And it was just, it was a really good week. This week's episode is sponsored by Gavin's Escape Rooms. Do you like playing hide and seek? Maybe you like running around manor houses in the middle of the countryside. Well, come to Gavin's Escape Rooms, where you'll be chased for all eternity by the ghost of none other than Gavin Sullivan. Who is that, you may ask? Well, we've already explained that. Go back into the podcast and listen. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.